Ghosts and goblins, be prepared. Time for network special. Don't be scared. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to a spooky edition of Network Special, the show that talks about appointment television, that golden era where things were just shown once or twice when it was a TV special. You had to race home to watch it. But now, thanks to the magic of the internet, we can watch all these things whenever we want. My name is Zachariah Durr. I'm here with my co-host... A very yawny Nathan Shear. Oh, he's bored already. But yeah. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the production studio is producer who? Uh, Jeremy Demery. Jeremy Demery. And uh, that little rhyming couplet that I, I hit you with at the beginning of the episode, a little hint if you're of a certain age, which means younger than me. Middleburg is a middle-sized town in the middle of the country. But sometimes... In my dreams, it felt like someplace else. Somehow familiar, but also very strange. Because we're <laughs> going to be talking about the Disney Channel's spooky movie of the something or other, movie of the season, I guess we can call it, called Don't Look Under the Bed, released October 9th, 1999. Ooh, that's a lot of nines. <laughs> Too many nines. Don't t- 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 turn them upside down. <laughs> yes, this is a very uh, this 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 kicks off our October month or last half of the month, I think, of uh, Halloween specials here on Network Special. That's right. Okay, thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> Good night. Uh, <laughs> This okay, so this aired on Disney Channel, and it was um, never aired again because parents were very upset <laughs> at how scary this was. Right? Yeah, this got this got a number of complaints once it played. Uh, it, it, Wikipedia describes it as a psychological horror film, which is. <laughs> Really painting it thick for this goofy, intermittently uh, intense little movie starring children. Yeah. Uh, psychological horror. That is so strong. This is only the second Disney Channel movie to receive a TV PG rating because of its mm-hmm. scary scenes. Um, and even though what I was guess. The first? What was the first one? I, like Halloween Town or something? Uh, let's see. Oh, it was that Faces of Death episode that they made. Oh, that's right. Where they, they, threw, they had a Disney Plus version. <laughs> they threw people off the <laughs> Sleeping Beauty's castle. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know what the first one was. It's uh, probably something I should have looked into, but uh, I'll talk about why I didn't in a second. <laughs> Did it have something to do with me being a half hour late? No, no, no. No, I, I was going to be a gentleman and not bring it up. But now that you brought it up, we can get into that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I guess they, they filmed this and then they kind of reshot parts of it and retooled some things to make it a little less mm-hmm. scary. But they didn't defang it enough, and the tots were spooked. And <laughs> yeah. I had never seen this in 1999. I was 19, so I and I didn't have the Disney Channel. So uh, two strikes against yeah. me. 
Uh, so yeah. I never saw this. I'd never heard of it. But when I was looking up Halloween specials, I saw, oh, one of the only things pulled from the Disney Channel. We definitely have to watch this. Yeah. And uh, then I watched <laughs> this. And, and you regretted that. <laughs> so, you know, you can always tell. If I can always tell when I'm too old, when I would have been too old to watch something on Disney Channel, based on the logo in the bottom left hand corner. Oh, what's the telltale for you? Because I didn't have Disney Channel growing up. Um, if you, it looks like a. Um, I Let think me, it's like a TV with mouse ears coming out the side of it. So you're you're left. talking about if it's of your era, it has the TV, the old tube TV shape. With the resolution yeah. lines through it, but Mickey Mouse's yeah, silhouette well, but is only, on it. I mean, if if they had one, if they had that watermark, right? I don't remember them having the watermark, but I, but uh, at some point, you know, like Fox Kids, like they all had some crazy little logo in the bottom left, and this seemed like a a, a remnant of that time, and that was really like, yeah, I was in either a senior or, you know, up into high school or out of high school by that point. Yeah. That's when I usually, I can see those when I'm watching, just clicking on random things. And I always know, okay, there's a reason why I never saw this one. Yeah. I, I, uh, I had to fight through this and it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with like, Oh, this wasn't made when I was a kid. I don't like it. That's, that's not a a big (laughs) deal for me. It's a, this is an interesting movie because as we'll talk about, I think I love the first 10 minutes of this movie and I think it has some charm to it. It has great ideas and then it goes way downhill. (laughs) No, (laughs) I love the ideas that this TV movie has. And I, like I said, I think it opens really strongly. And the guy who, who directed this, was the man who created and directed and scripted most of The Bionic Woman, mm-hmm. The Incredible Hulk TV show, the miniseries yep. V, and yep. the TV version of Alien Nation. Yeah. All great shows. Yeah, this guy um, took a ter- downturn on this one. <laughs> Although I didn't hate this one as much as you did. I think its biggest flaw... Um, was the hour and a half runtime. Yes. A little long. Little long. Um, wow. A lot of stuff could have been cut. A lot of things, a lot of people could have been toned down. <laughs> I think I know. I'm, I'm looking at his uh, filmography right now, and you can tell when the projects turn a little sour. It's right mm. after he directs Steel, starring Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> okay. As the super, you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Steel was that DC Comics character, the guy who like creates his own armor and he cleans up the streets. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no, wow. Now I don't know. <laughs> this is whenever they thought they were going to be able to make a movie star out of Shaq because he had yeah. played himself basically in blue chips. And they were like, oh, he's really yeah. charming because he's playing a goofy basketball player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but kids love Shaq. So they put him in uh, uh, Kazam. Or yep. I and then or Shazam, Shazam. Shazam. They put him in Shazam, yeah. and they put him in this movie. Wait, no, maybe it was Kazam. I think Wait, it was Kazam. That movie that just came out. I think it's With, Kazam. Um, Wasn't okay. isn't Shazam the thing that people think was a movie? 
no, there there was a um a new um comic book movie starring oh, a guy of from Oh, of course. Of course. Which which one is that? Shazam or Kazam? Well, Kazam is Shaq. Shazam has to do with uh, yeah, I I, I believe it. Captain I Marvel. It. Yes. Um You see it? Yeah, it's Kazam. You see it? I saw it. I um, see it right with my eyes. Yes, and then in 97 they made a, a movie with uh, Shaq called Steel that had our favorite person Judd Nelson in <laughs> a supporting role and it oh, looks he's like- always if he's in a movie and he's not a young 20 year old then you can be sure that it's bad or will be on our show yeah <laughs> 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 looks like uh, Steel cost 16 million and it made 1.7 oh they really should have put it out more Oopsies. <laughs> Sorry, Shaq. <laughs> All right. Don't yes. back to don't look under the bed. Yeah. So the premise of this movie is there's a um a family of I don't know. Smarty smart people. Smarty pants family. <laughs> yeah. The kid's name is Darwin. The the daughter who's the main character, her name is Francis Bacon, and then whatever their last name is. McCausland. McCausland. The weirdest fake last name. Um it sounds like someone was like improvising that and fumbled over the middle of saying it. Um and yeah, it's and uh, and also the dad is Steven Tobolowski, who is you know he's a major player. He's always awesome. You he's, know, usually he's Ned the Head from Groundhog Day. That's right. And he co-wrote stuff with David Byrne from The Talking Heads. Yes, he's like an amazing guy. And if if you give him uh, any indication you want him to tell the story, he'll talk about how he came up with the name Radiohead in a story that. T- should take about a minute to tell, but boy, he makes it. He makes it take a good twenty minutes. He really he makes does a, a meal out of that. show about it. Oh boy, does he? I think this story is public domain. He's told it so much. Um, and yeah, so his daughter Frances Bacon, um, she is kind of like what these like no nonsense like logical people who only believe in science they don't believe in real stuff like magic well hold on how do you know that she thinks that (laughs) well because she has a catchphrase (laughs) where she says something like it's only logical or something like that i think she literally just says that's not logical yeah there's some again and again (laughs) yeah and her her son her brother's name is darwin um and um, yeah, he, th- there's kind of a little bit of a backstory that they kind of play at just in the, on the fringes where uh, he needed like a blood transfusion. And, and, it, it, and it's, it's, it's kind of like the – it kind of ties everything together. But I feel like it's so like loosely mentioned that, that it doesn't hit hard enough. Uh, yes. This, the, the little brother had cancer and he needed a blood marrow transfusion. That's or, right. Blood marrow. Uh, boy, does that not come into play until way later. Uh, the way, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why I like how this opened up. Is do you remember the series Eerie Indiana, mm-hmm. which was kind of like I a do. Twin Peaks for teens or tweens yeah. kind of thing? I'm watching it with my daughter. It's it's. I really like that show. Uh, 
this movie opens and it feels like Spielberg era kind of vibes where the girl is in bed and like one of her doll's heads turns yes. and there's a creepy shadow on the wall. And then the shadow, the camera turns and it's revealed that it's her mom yawning and stretching in a clever yeah. little reveal. And they mm-hmm. go downstairs and the family is arguing because for some reason the clocks have all been set three hours fast and yeah. they, they're all like awake at four in the morning and kind of yeah. arguing. And it's all done in one shot and the family is kind of talking over each other in that way that like early Spielberg movie kids would kind of just yammer over each other with the way that real <laughs> kids do. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is really well made for this low budget Disney movie. Um, and she makes some kind of joke about how if, if we got a dog, it would end up on the roof and she walks outside for school with her friend and they look up and there's a dog on the roof and then they look around the neighborhood and there's a dog on every roof. Yeah. And it's a cool opening. Yeah. And then (laughs) we get to school and she starts seeing uh, a mysterious boy around. Uh, And this boy, um, Played by Ty Hodges, who's a fixture on, I think some other like a show called Even Stevens. I think it was just the Disney Channel. Was he an Even Stevens kind of, guy? Yeah, see. I think he was like a he was like a Disney Channel kind of fixture. I mean, everyone has that. All the kids have that style to their acting for sure. Oh yeah, he was an Even yeah, Stevens. Yeah, like all of these kids are even in like like the girl is was in Drake and Josh. Um. And ended up being on like General Hospital and Young and the Restless and all that stuff. But um, yeah, very much just the who's 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 on the studio parking lot right now. (laughs) Can we get them in this? (laughs) Ty, Ty, get over here. Yeah, put these Oakleys on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, put these fangs in. (laughs) Um. Yeah, and so she starts seeing this boy and. And then also we should know that everyone in the town is all suffering from the same kinds of stuff. Like everyone has their clock set back. Everyone's got a dog. Their dog is on their roof. And um, we're finding out that there's, it seems like someone's setting pranks all across the city uh, of Middleburg. Um, but, and, and, and it's, we're finding out that all the signs are pointing to that it's her that's actually doing them. Like someone is framing her for this. In a way that I don't think made any sense, except the script needs it to be that way. Yeah. The only thing that well, points it to it being her is that there are bees spray painted mm-hmm. on all the lockers, except for her locker. But she does have one. It's in her locker. Yeah. Yeah. So but <laughs> why would that mean that it was also, her? They, they slowly build a case. Like... Like the mom mentions in the morning that there's no eggs in the fridge. Yeah. And then there's a million eggs dropped on the science teacher's, the biology teacher's car. Yeah. And that there's a nod to all these little pieces until eventually it's like, like there's, all, there's no way you could, if you didn't know about the magical element of this movie, then there's no way you could think it's not her. I'm going to say, unless you thought there was a magical element to the movie, there would be no way you could think it was her. 
How would this well, 14 year old girl throw dogs on every no, 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 roof no, in no, the okay. street? Yes, obviously the the pranks are on. There's no way she could have done them. But someone does say uh, they're saying that that her brother. Her older brother says they're saying that she's the ringleader or something. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make the case that she is leading a bunch of people and they're doing pranks everywhere. Yes, this very obedient, nerdy girl who has <laughs> yeah. skipped forward a grade and has never done anything wrong and is yeah. accounted for at all times has been masterminding this vandalism. Yeah. You know, I wish uh, the parents would have used some logic I expect <laughs> a touch of logic in terms of how these kind of things are built. Uh, but instead, you know, the like the dad's like, our kids, our kid is doing crazy things. We need to stop her from doing these crazy things. And the mom's like, uh, I don't know. Give her some time. I think she needs to just kind of sit back. And then someone dies. And there he's like, I don't know. He's she's murdering people now, and the mom's like, ah, maybe just give her a break. You know, I don't. Know. You know what I mean? Like, it's Wait, like who so, dies. No one died. I'm making up. Oh, I mean, it's like okay. what I'm saying is like, like he's trying so hard to like fix this issue, and the mom's like, yes, I don't sure. Know, was sure. she like a psychiatrist or something? Yeah, they're both. Uh, yes, he's a both, solid waste engineer. <laughs> they're both smart people, which means they're dorks. And this is a classic Disney Channel movie where it's. Uh, the mom is an angel and the dad is a, a buffoon. Uh, the father also enjoys cleaning and wears an apron. If you can imagine such an emasculating thing. Well, you know, his career do. is like literally shoveling shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's a solid waste engineer. <laughs> that's what they call it. Uh, but yeah, the, that's not the reason why this was driving me so crazy. It was a reason, but the main yeah. reason why this, this movie was driving me so crazy is when we switch our attention from the interpersonal play of this, this girl and her family and her friends to uh, Eric Ty Hodges playing Larry Houdini, a boy <laughs> who only she can see. Um, yes. And boy, does this movie drag out a conceit that I have hated since I was old enough to start watching <laughs> movies, which is this boy is invisible to everyone. He can get in people's faces and scream at them and throw their food around. And, and people steal their food. See, yes, people don't see anything. <laughs> but for most of the runtime of this movie, this girl is going, I don't believe it. Magic, it doesn't exist. And this guy's like walking <laughs> on the ceiling and she goes, nah, give me something else. That, that, (laughs) and poor, poor Ty Hodges, who I don't think is a bad actor. I think he is given terrible material and has been directed horribly because I could tell that they thought that this character was going to (laughs) be lovable and wacky, but it's a real bad sign when you're watching a movie with a character that's supposed to be funny and you're questioning if this line he's saying is supposed to be a joke (laughs) oh it's like he's doing like he's almost doing like a kind of a robin williams kind of thing where just everything feels kind of like associated but it's absolutely scripted (laughs) if if robin had no punchlines and was just kind of saying everything that he looked at (laughs) yes well to be fair that's like what he did 50 (laughs) percent i mean come on um but yeah, so he's and he's like 
you know, he'll appear in costume and one thing to do a joke about being a cowboy or something, and then he'll he'll switch and now he's in a tuxedo and now he's a waiter. I don't know. Like he's just like you know, he's just doing that thing where he's just bouncing around. Yeah, it gets into drop dead Fred territory pretty quick. Is it Yeah, but it, see, this is what I mean. Like, there's a whole mo- chunk of this movie. If you cut from if you say like he shows up and then she's like she doesn't believe it and then like you know a scene later he convinces her to believe it yes and then if you cut to um more crazy stuff happening without yeah 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 you cut to that then we're then we're in like this is this is fine because then when all the cool stuff starts happening like at the end which i think there's cool stuff happening and cool ideas Mm -hmm. like you know you shrink this movie down um this is a a no holds barred bona fide classic right (laughs) i agree because i was watching this going oh there is a really good movie here they're just screwing it up because i i'm wondering if a lot of this stuff was also reshoots and music that they were piping in to make it seem less scary and more kid friendly because he's like yeah he's doing bits constantly the bits aren't good that's a problem but there's also kind of the beetlejuice factor where when you think like beetlejuice is a character where that kind of stuff works but when you think about the movie beetlejuice beetlejuice as a character is not in it as much as people remember him being in it he's actually not in it that (laughs) much really because the a end. little bit of Beetlejuice <laughs> goes a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why for this, if they're making this sequel, and it's gonna be a whole lot of Beetlejuice, I think it's gonna be too much <laughs> Beetlejuice, and it's gonna start getting into um, Larry Houdini, Larry Houdini territory. What did you think about the Beetlejuice cartoon? I thought it was weird that they made him Lydia's friend. <laughs> Yes, that's weird. Obviously, it's a weird change. <laughs> but I mean, was it too much Beetlejuice then? I I didn't like love that. Car- no, I didn't like it because I didn't like that kind of. <sighs> I I I just don't like this kind of wacky friend character as a yeah. rule. <laughs> so unfortunately, so, no. right? <laughs> he was a Larry so, Houdini to me. Yeah. So then it turns out that also kids can see him. Little little kids can see Larry yes. Houdini. Yes, they can, because they go to the library and a little kids see him. Yeah. So, okay. I, I feel like there's not tons of stuff that happens in him. Like, like at some point, um, at one point, she, you start to see little glimpses of like a really scary figure. And like you'll see kind of like creepy hands appear or shadows. And then it, it leads up into... Um, the newest prank from whoever's doing these pranks and making it out to be her, it's um, he puts as he puts like Clark Griswold style Christmas lighting on the house, right? And this causes a city outage of electricity, except for their right. house, except for their which has house, the Christmas right? lights, yeah. yes. And this is where we first see this character, which turns out to be the boogeyman. Right. And this sets off basically the whole reason why 
um, Larry Houdini has showed up in town to her and everything. So they find this book in the library um, with kind of a funny joke. Like he says he has these voices in his head and he, he finds this book at the library written by in N period his head, you know, and it's like talking about how to take down the uh, boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to make this boogie goo or something. Like yeah, it. they say the words boogie goo a lot in a way that yeah. I didn't care for. We should also say that the boogeyman begins to get into the territory of why this movie was considered too scary because the makeup on yes. the boogeyman is pretty intense. It's a very Freddy Krueger-ish. Yeah, he's got quills on his face, like little like weird like whiskers like poking out of random parts of his face. Yeah, he's got like Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampire kind of like Freddy Krueger burn victim point and pointy teeth. Yeah. Big long nails. You know, right. scary stuff. <laughs> and and yeah, and so we and still but still though, I'm not convinced that this is that scary, right? No. Like And I guess they rewrote all of his lines to be limericks. Yeah, and yeah, because he originally the concept art had him like having like quills on his back, like he was a porcupine kind of a guy. And then they were like, "No, let's make him, let's li- let lighten him up a little bit." He now he's a dandy fop. <laughs> you know, he like, does have an Alan Cumming him- <laughs> kind of way. Yeah, they made him like Victorian, actually, you know, Victorian looking, and he speaks in limericks. Um, and so there's this angle of, for some reason, the Larry Houdini starts to kind of take on some of the traits of the boogeyman, like scary eyes and scary teeth whenever he gets angry. And he's, he's slowly kind of morphing throughout the rest of the show into this character. And so um, it, it's at some point um, it's revealed that Larry Houdini was actually the imaginary friend of Darwin, her brother. And what happened is he doesn't see him anymore because his sister told him to give up these old things, grow up, no more imaginary friends, no such thing. So now Larry is no longer being believed. And what is revealed at that point is that basically when when your imaginary friend, like when your real person, if you were an imaginary friend, when the real person stops believing in you before their time, like they grow older or something, then they turn into a boogeyman. Yes, they turn into a nightmare person. <clears throat> yeah. And so that's where the boogeyman comes from. It comes from you stopping believing in your imaginary friend too early. Right. What? And so, go on. Well, I, fill me in here because this is where the the level of acting to the ceiling was driving me crazy. <laughs> and I kind of stopped being able to totally pay attention Mm-hmm. What is that? What is the massive machine that Larry is building? Is it a boogeyman okay. catcher or something? It's called like a. Uh, it is. I can't even think of the name, but it's something like a templature or something like that. Oh, the the tetrafuse. I'm looking at the yeah yeah tetrafuse yeah. Okay. So he finds in this book that he has to first he has to make the boogie goo to attract the boogeyman. And and Darwin steps in the boogie goo, and then the boogeyman kind of steals him. And so they build this tetrafuse to that it 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 it's kind of like almost like a an electric battery or something. He has like the two 
uh, the red and the black wire. And he, you know, at one point he tries to put it on the boogeyman and, and turn it on and it doesn't, it doesn't fully work the way that the book says it will, you know? So, because there's a reason why. I'm getting bored we'll get listening there, but, to you talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> this is so boring <laughs> so in the movie. <laughs> so in the, in the, the original script, that's how they kill him is using this machine. Is it really? So in the original script, um, Larry Houdini and Francis Bacon together put the things on him and kill uh, the the boogeyman. Oh my God. That's okay. how they defeat him. Wow. But they changed it. They wanted it to just be her and they wanted it to come from like the, the hero to, to come from within. So the re so how the boogeyman is defeated is basically we find out that the boogeyman was Francis well, hold, Bacon's. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you you're leaving out the part that they go. They are shrunk down, honey. I shrunk the kids style. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. And they I go mean, I'm not into a it out, but well, no, that's the end. That's the very end of the movie. They go into a magical portal, which is underneath your bed. Which ca- yeah. is a bizarre floating rock that contains, I guess, everything that you lost under your bed, but yeah, also it it's the like home sh- of the boogeyman. It's like a magical world that is, but it's also like you just got shrunk down because there's like big, huge toys yeah, and like, and like crumbs from food and, yes. and sandwiches. Yeah. And Darwin is is tied in a sock by the boogeyman yeah. who has lured them down there, I guess, to trap them. Well, What's the he's, boogeyman's end game? Is it to murder? Well, he's gonna yes, he's gonna throw the he's gonna throw him over the cliff. But what's his end game for Francis? Francis Bacon. Well, he wants Francis to get in trouble. With, so he's doing all those pranks so that she gets in trouble. So like as revenge. Okay, is that stated? I mean, that's what's happening. That's literally what's happening. Because he's the one doing all the pranks. Okay. So the Boogeyman's end game is just is like, like a big gremlin, but it's to get you in trouble for things. Like I don't I don't think that the story um goes beyond like into his ultimate game. All but, we know is that he's he's kidnapping Darwin and he's going to throw him over a cliff. And he's really messing up the life of Francis. That's what we know. Like he's making lose all of his friends, all of her friends. Right. All the stuff's happening. <sighs> that needed a lot of clarification, or or something needed to happen because, or it, something got rewritten. You have yeah. to know what a character's goal is, even if it's the simplest thing. And the boogeyman doing all this stuff. <sighs> well. Okay, but we do know what his goal is because what I was just about to tell you or the reason, his motivation. Uh-huh. His motivation is revenge. Yes, I guess. We don't know what he's going to do 100%, but we know it's revenge. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we know that is because we, it's revealed that Francis Bacon's imaginary friend what is this current boogeyman who's out to get everyone? Right. The boogeyman that is haranguing her is her old imaginary friend that she had rejected. Yes. It it is revealed in a very bizarre way where she (laughs) 
hooks, jumper cables on. Oh, there's this torturous from the, from the, scene from the the machine. Yes, the, the jumper cables on on the boogeyman's fingernails. Then the boogeyman's face turns into her dead grandmother. No, 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 no. Who is the Remember, old woman? Okay, okay. The boogeyman is actually her former imaginary friend who yeah. was a girl. Okay, right. so when you when she stopped believing in her. She turned into the boogeyman or boogie person, as she keeps saying, right? So when he puts, when they put those, that rig on her, him, her, she turns, she says, I'm aging. And she turns into the old lady version of the imaginary friend. Why does she say, I can't girl. remember how to drive when she's an old woman? I don't, I don't know about any of that stuff. <laughs> well, they also that's... reference her grandmother who died of cancer. I thought it was supposed to be a flashback to her grandmother because w- the reason why she's rejected all this stuff has to do with the fact that she feels guilty about not being a bone marrow transplant to her <laughs> little brother, and instead her brother was a bone marrow transplant. Her other brother. Yes, her other brother. <laughs> so a... a Tossed away linchpin to this plot for a children's movie is guilt <laughs> over her little brother's near miss with fatal cancer. <laughs> you know, it's funny. This actually spoke to me a little bit. Okay. <laughs> because uh, at one point, I, my brother and I kind of were feeling a little bit pressure, um, just a little bit from our family about maybe giving our, my mom a like a, a uh, kidney. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this, I, like that took me there. So like, sure. I knew what she was feeling. Right. <laughs> How do you feel about it being used in a movie for a nine-year-old? <laughs> I, know. I wasn't, I wasn't, well, I would say uh, 13 and up, you know, but, but yeah, yeah. Oh, a 13-year-old's not going to watch this movie. Oh, yes, they, that's the perfect range. You think so? This seems teen, too like young. Early teen. Early teen. <sighs> okay. Early teen. I this seems like a nine, a nine to thirteen year old level movie to me. No, you no, this is a no, this is a I would say maybe a nine to a um a fourteen year old who is not ready to give it up yet. Well, I sure. <laughs> I mean we can go with that forever. But I'm saying thirteen is the perfect range. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, okay. Maybe it is her grandma. My understanding or my thought was, oh, that's, this is what happens to boogeymen when they get this machine on them. It ages them until they dust away. And so this was just the girl who was her imaginary friend. She turned into the boogeyman and then was now being aged up to an old lady. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> you took away something so different. I thought that they were reversing no. the the uh, the boogeyman from a ghoul back into a human. So part well, of what, what I you thought were, too. Right. But you're saying but that's then, not it because the machine unplugs and then she turns her back into her imaginary friend with the power of love. With the power of I believe. I remember believing. I believe now. Yeah. And that's what also fixes Larry Houdini, by, who, by the way, Larry has turned into a full-on boogeyman right. at, at, during this, um, and it, start, it becomes part of the conflict. But then once she believes in all that and she convinces her brother to believe in Larry again, that fixes Larry and that fixes um, the boogeyman. And Larry, back into her friend. in boogeyman form, is the really 
scary the, the part. Really freaking scary yes. one. He looks, looks like the Beetlejuice snake. Yeah, I mean he he yeah he looks like something out of uh, Tales from the Dark Side movie. Yes. It's very intense makeup, and it's also I think the fact that if you're a little kid, this this goofy character from Even Stevens is now turning into a uh, demon. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's what would really scare children. So okay, I have a theory about the parents thing, but also let, let's get to the end of the night. I'll, I'll bring like. Because yes, I do think that like the dolls, I think are scary because dolls are always scary. But but you're talking about the dolls enough. who turn their heads in her room, who come to life. The, yeah, and and they don't come to life except they just turn their head. I feel like, but that's scary. If it was if they if the dolls were like moving and talking or whatever, like then I'd be like, oh, why was this even aired? <laughs> but uh, uh, no, it's really his face. Okay, but then so then it, it basically cuts to the end. Everyone's kind of. Um, back in the house, uh, the dad realizes they find out that he he reads on internet news that um, <laughs> it's uh, that a phrase that's used all in this over movie. the city, all over the the state or whatever. Yeah, and so it's not her. So anyway, she goes outside. She sees her her old imaginary friend and Larry Houdini, and they're saying we need to go off to the rest of the cities to help out the boogeyman's the boogeyman's there, the boogie people, and. This is where it just a weird kind of thing happens. She says, like, well, I'll see you guys when you're done. And they're like, No, we're not gonna see you anymore. You're you're older now. You're you're to that age where you should not believe in this stuff anymore. <laughs> and um and she gets upset and then the and the way um to convince her is Larry Houdini kisses her on the lips like salt like a sultry kiss. There has been no romantic tension before. With the no, two of them, by the way, there's no reason to believe it's that they're going to start they, dating. Won't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she has this kind of like Twitter painted look, and he's like, you know, I guess this was just no. Not now, you'll know what it's like to feel grown up. But she kind of feels like, oh, I guess I am grown up, or something. She says. So okay, <laughs> this so, is where it gets funny. The lesson of the movie is yeah. <laughs> that you have to believe in your imaginary friend because if you don't believe in your imaginary friend, they'll turn into a boogeyman and they'll harangue you and they'll pull pranks on you and they'll destroy your life. But at some point, you need to stop believing in your imaginary friend because you're a grown-up. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I kept limiting that like to it turns into a boogeyman if you believe when you are still of age that you're supposed to believe. She's 14. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> By the way, she was 20 when she filmed this. No, I saw that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So remember, um, I don't know if we mentioned, but Ty Hodges is a black person in real life <laughs> and in the show. <laughs> and uh, they kiss in the end and Disney gets the final cut of the movie and one of their notes back is um, maybe they don't kiss because we don't want to upset our southern gentlemen affiliates. <laughs> Basically, yes. They got nervous because of an interracial kiss, which is real cool of you, Disney, in and 1999. <laughs> yeah, and, Never and the guy changed. writes back or says back, like, uh, I think we're at the tail end of this 20th century. I think... <laughs> This is okay. And then Disney <laughs> says back, yeah, you're right. We should never even said anything. You know, you know, they had egg on their face. <laughs> but, 
But I mean, can like think about like how much power like four states in this country wield. It's like they control like well, or the they southern can- part of every state. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But like Florida, Georgia, yeah. Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, these five states or whatever. Like, I'm, you know, there's others. But like, like these states are like the, they, we could, it controls the discourse in, in, in all of America. It's insane how much power there is down here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So thankfully they kept it in. Now, okay. So that leads to my theory. I don't fully buy that parents were writing in on mass because they thought it was that scary. I think maybe they said it was scary, but I think uh, Disney may have been right. And then some of them might've been Southern people writing in saying, Oh, this is too scary. But really they were referring, they were referring to an interracial kiss instead. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure that there was a couple people who wrote in about that. The director said that they kept going back and forth about the tone yeah, and he said that they got mail about the intensity of the the movie. Yeah, I just it just feels like it wasn't. I don't know. I guess I'm just looking at it through adult eyes, but it, I I guess if you watch the as a whole, like it's not scary enough. But then if you only like if you like walked into your room, your your kid's room during the scene where. Larry's turned fully into a boogeyman. You might be like, is this HBO? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this was on at tales from uh, the crypt. (laughs) This is on at like seven 30 when, you know, really little kids. And it's, I think in 99, it was the last bastion of like, if it's Disney, it is for everyone. It is for little babies and it's for grandma. Yeah. Oh, the other one was tower of terror. Wasn't it? Um, I don't know. I think know. that was the other Maybe. scary movie they made, and then they kind of took a step back from it. Hmm. I mean, they made Halloween Towns <laughs> and Mr. Boogity and all that. Or it's Mr. Boogity and Nickelodeon, I can't remember. By the way, Anyways. I mean, and I don't, Anyways. I did not want to go into it, but uh, we are leaving out big scenes, endless scenes <laughs> at the library, in the garage, oh. when Larry Houdini turns into the mad scientist from Frankenstein, we're leaving out when the school psychologist <laughs> that scene. goes in and they make a weird soup out of socks. Yeah, that's the goo. That's the that's the that's the boogie goo. That's of course the boogie goo, and there's a lot of discussion about getting boogie goo on yourself. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like I wanted to review this. From my perfect mute movie cut. <laughs> I think that this is a movie that somebody should go in and redo because I think it, there's great ideas to it. I think it could be a great movie for kids. This is just kind of a, a mess. <laughs> there needs to be like a Houdini cut uploaded to my spleen or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's on Disney Plus. Um so it is back in the rotation. Uh, Disney even now put it's a, in the uh, tales of minorities section. Of Disney yeah, Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, it's they've even Disney even like posts like on YouTube like twentieth uh, anniversary of don't don't you know don't look under the bed and it's a clip from the movie and stuff. So I don't know. Um, I, I think it's. 
uh, I think it's worth watching because I, no. I think it's fun to see. Yes, I, 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 I like, I like the idea of it. I, and I also think that if you have a kid who's in the age range and you're looking for something scary to watch, I think definitely then it's worth it to take a look. I think there's a million, literally a million movies out there you can watch with your child that don't feature yes. inane acting and. <laughs> Crap. Yes, of course there is. Well, then don't watch you're... this one. It's a giant waste of time. <laughs> the middle is endless. It is endless. I had to break this into three viewings because I Do couldn't you know... take it. Do you know how much time kids have? <laughs> I know. That's why you have to make sure you fill fill it with uh, uh, stuff that isn't uh, crappy pablum. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll wait. just wait for the Houdini cut. Is that the one where and you're going to go in it. and you're going to take all of Houdini out of it? What are you going to do with the Houdini cut? <laughs> no, I'm calling it the Houdini cut. It's a magical cut. Oh. And I'm just going to uh, go in. I'm going to um, make, and I'm going to make about, I don't know, 40 minutes of it disappear. <laughs> Very easily. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that. Oh, uh, you very can tell scary. like uh, so our October session um started off with a bang and a big fat thud. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to like and subscribe. <laughs> um go to YouTube, go to um you know, look on uh freaking the look in the Yahoo uh, pages and see if you can find our page in the podcast page of Yahoo. Um. <laughs> Although if you're listening to this now, you probably have figured out a way to hear our podcast. I don't think you have to uh, guide people to it too, uh, no, too no, no, much. No, 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 no. I want to make sure they know. The case, if you're listening on, on iTunes and you want to rate it on Spotify, they should know that, that they can do that. <laughs> yeah, give us some reviews, subscribe. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful universe out and, there. And, uh, yeah. And turn back in and, and, and also tune in next week for more Halloween fun. Yes. And never, if you had an imaginary friend as a child, mm. start believing them in, uh, in them again. Because if you don't... Well, unless you're 14. <laughs> they're a hideous demon. <laughs> unless they have given you their consent <laughs> for you to stop believing yeah. in them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, that's what, it's the consent age. This is a good movie right about now. consent. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.